As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're an open-minded racer with a desire to improve on the racetrack, This Is Bracket Racing Elite can provide the tools to help you do so. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Luke, we got a little bit of a late start this week. Yeah, we did. We've been real regimented about Tuesday recording and a Wednesday show. I think, judging by some of the response to the point that our many of you loyal listeners, shout out to the loyal listeners, have come to depend on that and expect that. We had a, a couple issues, a scheduling issues this week, so we had to move it back a day. So hopefully you guys are finding this wherever you find your podcasts on Thursday. We should return to our regular Wednesday release schedule next week. So sorry for any inconvenience that that may have caused. Big Jed, big episode on tap, on tap, tap, tap. Today we will do our normal. We'll recap the week that was. We had an NHRA heavy week. We had the SFG No Dragster Nationals, where you were at, out in yes. South Carolina. The No Box Nationals, sort of in my neck of the woods, up in uh, Lyons, Indiana. Obviously, we'll have our Secret Performance Who's Hot feature, which I think this week, yet again, bit of a no-brainer. <laughs> and we'll be joined by Kevin McKenna. This is uh, the mid-season redraft for our NHRA Pick'em contest that we probably have a lot more fun than our listeners do with, Jed, but we have fun with it. Oh, yeah, it's a good time, and uh, I'm great at it, so uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Your team looks pretty strong, almost in spite of Yeah, yeah not sure. Not sure oh. what happened. 
<laughs> and uh, and then we'll close out the show with our regular What's on Tap segment. We'll throw in some shout-outs, and we'll call it a week. So with that in mind, let's get things started with what everybody's talking about. This week on What Everyone is Talking About. Big Jed, as we record this on Wednesday, June 20th, today was the big date. was the release date for entry into the fall fling in Bristol. Yes, it was, Luke. And, uh, you know, I think talking to Peter and Kyle ahead of time, as often as I get to talk to them, I think they anticipated things to go really well today. I'm not sure. Well, I know for a fact they didn't anticipate it to go this well. The fall fling, which uh, allows for a first time ever 375 entries max, Sold out in 40 minutes. Yeah, if you were wanting to get in that, I hope you didn't blink. Might have missed it. (laughs) (laughs) I know there were some people that missed out, and I know Peter and Kyle hate that. I really do. There's a big alternate list, but they only allow so many alternates. That list is full as well. And Peter and Kyle want to make sure that everybody knows how much they appreciate the support. And they're very excited and looking forward to the event in September. But... Luke, 40 minutes, uh, I mean, that is crazy. You had to be on the trigger, ready to go. I'm just, I got my calculator here. 375 entries, 40 minutes. That is just under 10 entries per minute. Is that right? I'll take your word for it. I don't, I'm not good at math. Yeah. Um, they, uh, <laughs> it, it went really well, obviously. So congratulations to them. Congratulations <laughs> to those that got in. And It's a wonder it didn't break the internet. But no, I think it does. It, I think that is a testament to Pete, Kyle, everybody involved there, and, and the Fling brand in general. So really cool. And, it, and there's also something to be said, too, for limiting supply and creating demand. There's something to that. I've seen that firsthand with our our Jake Summer Door Car Shootout. In similar fashion, we've had to limit entries due to space. I think Pete and Kyle have to limit entries just due to the desire to run an efficient race because that's obviously more difficult to do when you've got five and 600 cars on the grounds. We've been there. So it is in the effort of customer service. And at the same time, I know it probably feels bad turning some people away, but I, I really like the format. And obviously, I'm not the only one. If that's sold out in 40 minutes, it's pretty incredible. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, looking forward to being a part of it. And I, I snuck my way in there as well. So I'm really excited about it. And um, it's going to be another great event. Speaking of huge events, Luke, obviously the SFG $500,000 to win race at US 131 is open for pre-entries as well. That one's getting some traction. I've uh, been, been hearing a little bit about it and seeing quite a bit on uh, Facebook as I yeah. scroll through. This promises, I mean, if you are into bracket racing and haven't heard about this, get out from under the rock that you've been living under. But this promises to be the largest, really by far, guaranteed purse in the history of drag racing. $500,000 to win guaranteed. It's still a little over a year away. It's slated, I think it's the last weekend of June 2019. Kyle Riley and his crew at SFG have, as you mentioned, begun taking pre-entries for this again a year in advance. I would have thought that's a pretty tough sell, but when I look at their website just today, um, and I think this has only been open for a day or two, they had like 150 plus entrants already, which is again, incredible. And just looking forward to seeing how that comes together and uh, and looking forward to ultimately being a part of it. But again, a little over a year off, but I know that a lot of big money bracket racers and bracket racers of all shapes and sizes have their eye on that. That's 
promises to be a huge, huge event. Yep, it will be huge and I'm sure well attended and looking forward to seeing how that one plays out. But it's quite a ways off and we do have quite a bit of great racing in between here and there. Speaking of SFG, uh, I did get to attend their event this past weekend and they talked quite a bit about this 500K. So it's going to have a huge buildup and a great crowd. But the SFG race that I went to had a very, very hot performer i mean this guy luke is oh my goodness it's ridiculous really is what he's what he's accomplishing right now and we will yeah, uh, i don't think i have words but we we're gonna i mean we have to try that's kind of what we do so this week's super performance who's hot he's on fire it's time for who's hot in sportsman drag racing Our Who's Hot segment, our regular Who's Hot segment, is, as always, presented by our friends at Siebert Performance. Siebert Performance customer Brandon Fannensteel says, quote, If you want the best and most knowledgeable customer service, then I suggest talking to Luke Siebert for five minutes. In that short amount of time, I believe that you'll feel the same way about Siebert Performance as I do, not to mention their finished product. I personally run Siebert carburetors on both my streetcar and my rear-engine dragster. I haven't touched either of them since bolting them on. They just flat work. End quote. Again, that is from Brandon Fannensteel, a racer that we've talked about at length on this podcast before, Big Jed, uh, really establishing himself in the world of big dollar bracket racing. So that's a ringing testimonial for our friends at Siebert Performance, who once again present this week's Who's Hot Award. And Big Jed, I don't think this is going to come as a shock to anybody, but I think there's only one place we can go with this. Yeah, there is really only one place. And, you know, Again, we've talked about this gentleman, and he's not one to uh, really seek out attention for what he's accomplishing. And I got a chance to talk to him quite a bit this weekend at the uh, No Dragster Nationals at Carolina Dragway. But our super performance, who's hot again this week, is Kevin Pollard. Pollard won the 50 grander on Friday, which didn't finish until Saturday. They got some rain Friday evening which halted the event, I believe, at 10 cars, or it, it, it at least postponed it, and they had to finish Saturday morning, and God just, none of that bothers him. He just goes about his business, goes out there, no time shot, foot breaking, as you know, which I think adds just a little bit more of a challenge to it, and he wins 50 grand or just finishes off the field Saturday morning and collects another $50,000 payday. Kevin Pollard, Luke, is just, he ain't squeaking by or making bad runs or guys just messing up. Dude is driving the wheels off of this thing, dialing it. I can't overstate how incredible this run is. I know we've talked about it before. Just a couple weeks ago at Martin, Michigan, he was in a $50,000 final and the 100, was it 125? thousand dollar final runner up both of those but and then backs that up what two three weeks later with another fifty thousand dollar victory and like you said he's foot breaking a love truck not to disparage his equipment like it's nice stuff but you're not supposed to win races of this magnitude foot breaking a love truck much less every other week like it's amazing it is absolutely incredible what kevin pollard's doing Yeah, I mean, the guy's not sneaking up on anybody, okay? Everybody in the country knows Kevin Pollard, what his vehicle looks like, what he should be dialed. I mean, the guy's not sneaking up, all right? And they still just can't beat him. What 
people should know also, and, and you know, it won't really get you the Who's Hot Award, but he had two entries at seven on Sunday's in Sunday's 50 grander. Lost both of them right there. Did get bested by two very good opponents. But still, that's impressive in its own right, a guy that's foot brake racing. So he wins a 50 and definitely was part of the split in Sunday's 50 with two entries in the quarterfinals, not to mention what he's done, what you just mentioned. I mean, the guy's just, it's phenomenal, really is what he's doing. It was a hot racetrack. It was tricky. He's popping wheelies, going 540s in a, in a love truck with a 632 in it and just having a good time. Like, you know, when you talk to him, yeah, I mean, it was, I, that was pretty good. You know, I made some pretty good runs. Like, Kevin, you were like double O four or five times right there, back to back to back. I was hearing it. It's just ridiculous what he's accomplishing. And yeah, you, you just have to tip your hat to him. Good old boy just out here having fun enjoying himself and wearing them out right now it's a it's a phenomenal run yeah he's our secret performance who's hot for the week he's our secret performance who's hot for the year i'll just say that i mean it's june and i'll say that right now big jed jed you could go and win every race that you enter for the rest of the year and it wouldn't impress me more than what kevin pollard has done to this point it's, no, yeah. I can see that because I'm doing it with a button and I ain't winning. Uh, but if I did win, I'd still be doing it with a button. Dude, swapping feet. It's, it's amazing. It wants nothing to do with a trans brake or a delay box. Nothing. So <laughs> they can't do it. Why on earth would he try? That's a really good point. Really good question. So uh, what congratulations else happened? again, Pollard. Big Jed, you were there. Catch us up on what else happened at the House of Hook. Uh, the House of Hook was a very, very hot event. It was 90 to 95 degrees pretty much all the time, seemed like, until it was time to go to bed. So, you know, it was tricky. Racetrack was hot. It was challenging, but uh, those guys did a good job of keeping everybody running through and had some rain challenges here and there. But when the dust settled, Pollard got his 50K win Friday over Jonathan Edwards. Again, that was Saturday morning when that finished up. The plan was to, because they knew weather was going to challenge them, so the plan was to try to get both the other 50s done on Saturday. And that didn't work out because of some rain that come in. They did finish Saturday's 50K on Saturday, where Wes Weaver got the win over Kevin Pruitt. And Sunday's 50K was uh, high gear only Parker Suggs getting a win over our good buddy Tracy Guffey. Had some shootouts, Luke. I can't really remember. They had a, like a Thursday shootout. I can't really remember who won, won that. I was right there, standing there, saw it, and just totally forgot it. And I forgot to make Mark aware of it. So my apologies to that. But overall, just you know, a, a huge $50,000 payday to three guys and uh, a hot, hot weekend that we all was uh, lucky to live through because it was rough on me. Fat boy don't handle the 95 degree heat very well in his all black interior Nova. So, by the way, a beautiful red Nova did win Sunday, just the wrong one. Congratulations. Mm. Parker Suggs, I like that guy a lot. He's a cool guy. Got a big win. He's a young man. That's, that was a huge day for him. Tracy Guffey's been there in those big finals. But uh, Parker Suggs, I think, uh, etched his name in the histories and history books and he will uh, he'll be one to reckon with again going forward the guy's got a really good program and he's a great racer yeah well deserved 
No Box Nationals came to uh, Lyons, Indiana. That's uh, what Wagner Raceway Park, Wagner Motorsports Park. <laughs> it's Wag- we said Wagner, it's Wagler, I think. Oh, okay. I'm glad we fumbled that two weeks in a row. Perfect. <laughs> that is par for the course. That's Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast coming at you, folks. Novak's Nationals, one of the coolest events on the calendar for the bottom ball guys. Our buddies, uh, Alan Neff and Greg Dillman, put it on. Always do a great job. It's moved around to several different tracks over the years. But Lions kind of feels like home there, as long as it's available. So... Thursday warm-up race up there. Saw Josh Epperson knock off Ron Hill. The first five-grander of the weekend Friday was Justin Lorash over at Clayton Clark. Had a little uh, the Merrill Downing Memorial race that night. Uh, saw Lucas Walker uh, knock off David Broy. He's one of our local hitters down here. Saturday was the $10,000 win main event, Big Jed. Yeah, it was, and a couple of familiar faces in final rounds and no box or bottom ball competition is Chris Walters, great racer from up in that area. Got the win over, again, Lucas Walker in another final, big $10,000 final there for those guys. Saturday they had a gambler's race where uh, one of Team Illinois boys, Brett Williamson, uh, got it done over Stacy Gerald. A couple of great racers there as well. And Sunday's 5K with Stacy Gerald over Rick Schaffner. Looked like a great race. I think they had a really good car count. And Alan and Greg always do a wonderful job. So congratulations to those guys and all the big winners there at Wagler Raceway Park. Mutt and Jeff. Oh, with I love this. We had the Mutt and Jeff race, Mason Dixon Dragway, Boonesboro, Maryland. $4,000 to win Friday, $10,000 to win Saturday. Friday was dominated. A man named Andy Dolan took not only the $4,000 top prize, ran himself in the final. So uh, props to Andy. In a, if we lived in a world in which Kevin Pollard did not exist, <laughs> Andy would have been on the short list for this week's Super Performance Who's Hot, but really impressive showing. Anytime that you roll through a field, run yourself in the final round, uh, pretty cool stuff. So props to Andy. Yes, no doubt. And Saturday, Scott Tate got the win over Brent Martin. How about the twin 7.5 hundos at Empire Dragway, Luke? And uh, what, how do you pronounce that in New York? I think you said it last week. Hey, like I don't want to. I don't want to nitpick. Because it's a cool name, but shouldn't it be like the twin 75 hundos or the twin 7.5 thousos? Yes, it should. Yes, that's actually a good point. 7.5 thousos or it should have been 75 hundos. Semantics, semantics. Oh, it is 75 hundos. Sorry, that was our mistake. Oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll get off you, Vince. Sorry about that, Vince. That was that was, that was was our goof. <clears throat> Uh, anyway, Saturday, Soggy Dunn got the win in uh, no boxing, defeating Dale Eckert. Box was Cody Rome. I, I think I got that right, but I'm not sure. Defeated Laura Shepard. We know Laura, great young racer there. Sunday, no surprise here, Pete Diagnolo gets the win. No box, defeating Chris Scarlotta in the box category. Dave Gunn got the win over Bob Belvick. Big racing there in New York, uh, so I know those guys are really excited. That part of the country, starving for uh, for some good racing like that. So great job, Vince. Yeah, and as I alluded to pre-show, NHRA Heavy Weekend. We'll roll through these as quickly as we can. There was a double header up in Division Six, two divisionals in one weekend, north of the border. 
Mission Raceway, Mission British Columbia. Big Jed, anything in particular that stood out to you from Mission? Yeah, my boy Paul Nero, Team Jed, got the win in top dragster. He is in the national points lead as well. And um, since we're redrafting, uh, Paul's going to stay on my team. Uh, just I'll go ahead and let that cat out of the bag since he's leading the national points. So great job, Nero. Hashtag Team Jed. What about you, Luke? I was holding out thinking you might put Nero on waivers. All right. Um, (laughs) Randy Beck did the double with a super comp win in both events. And I don't know if you happen to see the box score. Well, I know you did because a friend of the podcast, Brian Mullaney, sent us a text to make sure that we were aware of it. Thanks, Brian. Pretty nasty throughout the uh, multi-day event, Randy Beck, I believe, staged up for like 10 elimination rounds. A little bit of a short field up there. 10 elimination rounds between the two events. I think his first light was 18. Yeah. Pretty nasty. Yeah. I think uh, Short Change said he was 1-18. to 18, So that's, uh, that is a strong box score. Yes, without question. And another multi-time finalist at the event, Jackie Atley, former NHRA Superstock World Champion. I don't think kicked off her season, but definitely made a huge step in that direction once again, notching a win and a runner-up finish in the two races in Superstock. So shout out to Jackie. Nice work there. That was Division 6, Big Jed. We also had a Lucas Oil Points meet in Division 5. Yes, it's June. Yes, it was the Division 5 opener. They're going to cram a bunch of Division 5 races into the next three months. But the opener was up on the mountain at Bandemir Speedway near Denver. To me, this was typical Bandemir because there, obviously, it's a very unique place. And I think it's a very unique place that, from what I understand, has an excellent local following. But I think most racers or a lot of other racers are intimidated to go just because it is such a unique place. So typically, when you see results... A lot of the locals win that we aren't necessarily nationally familiar with. A, because they're excellent racers. B, because you talk about like a home track advantage. I think it would be very difficult for someone like not named Gary Stinnett or Matt Driscoll to roll into an event at Denver and kind of blind and have success. Like it seems, I've never been to Mandemir, but it seems like its own animal completely. Yeah, I think that place throws you a curveball or two, which would uh, be difficult if you're not familiar with it. So I can get that whole scenario playing out where some people are just intimidated by it. And the, the people that run those type or that type of uh, elevation and stuff have an advantage. And J.R. Loebner is a guy certainly probably familiar with that part of the country. He gets out there a little bit and runs at elevation quite a bit. And he got the win in Top Sportsman. So good to see our buddy old junior lobner as uh, willie would call him and uh, bradley johnson was runner up in super comp luke yeah that was i added him on there that caught my attention just because we talked about him quite a bit during that vegas swing i think he won the national event in super comp was in the semis of the final one day of the spring fling just kind of put on a show there for two or three straight weeks uh hasn't been to many races in super comp since and uh, notched another runner-up up at uh, at bandamere another final round appearance first runner-up so shout out to bradley on another excellent appearance that wasn't all the divisionals for the weekend big jed in addition to the doubleheader admission the division five event at bandamere division one was in action up at New Media. Yeah, New Media Dragway hosted Division One event. And just a couple of things there that kind of jumped out at us. Uh, Mike Robolato also just coming right off the All-Stars win there in Chicago, gets a runner-up in Super Comp. So Mike making a lot of noise here the last couple of times out. 
and uh, Keith Mayers won Super Street, and he also won at uh, Atlanta in the national event earlier in the season. So Keith having him a good season as well. Don't yeah, know they who. don't don't tabulate national event points in Super Street, but uh, if they did, one of us would be picking Keith Mayers. Uh, yes, we would. In, in addition. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, how about uh, Father's Day uh, national event again at Thunder Valley? And I actually talked to Brandon Cross, the, the my contact there, the man that runs Thunder Valley. And he said they got no rain during the uh, Thunder Valley Nationals. That might be the first time that's happened in maybe ever. So it was good to see. They had a great event. And Team Jed got on the board with my buddy Fuzz. Steve Furr got to win in Super Gas. So that was great to see Team Jed get another point needed yeah and what has become an alarming trend to me team jed's on the board team k-max on the board <laughs> uh steve fur as you mentioned with the win and super gas over ray 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 miller the third that is a member of team kevin of note to me i was rooting for ed longany jr i'm sorry it was it was two different i had the Wow. Okay. I'm I'm way confused. I was thinking this was the same dude. Ed Longany Jr., I believe, mm. was the winner in stock. And Ed Longany Sr. was the runner-up in super stock. So that was a pretty cool Father's Day. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And um, I, I can't remember. I looked through the results. Luke, Longany's were everywhere. Uh, I know a couple of Longany's. One of the Eds ran another Longany in uh, competition and had to eliminate them late in the round. So uh, it was a great weekend for those guys, for that family. And uh, see, um, t- speaking of Team K-Mac, Aaron Stanfield. Speaking of the, Team K-Mac. Yeah, yeah got, the win, got the win in top dragster. I'm looking. I just kind of scanned over it. Luke, I don't see where you got on the board at all. But uh, somebody, Yeah, I haven't seen that yet either. Somebody you're very familiar with did get a runner-up there in top dragster category. as uh, Joe Fisher, racing RVs, got the runner-up. So it was good to see Joe get to a final there and took him out and came out and got on the board. But it was still good to see him uh, in a class that uh, he sponsors perform so well. Joe Fisher, friend of the podcast, driving the Copperfish to the top dragster runner-up. Unrelated, did you see the pictures of Joe Fisher's new Corvette? I did, and it Ooh. is awesome. Stuart blew it out on this one. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I saw that car at PRI, but it was still just in the uh, in the gel coat, and that didn't do it any justice. The the paint on that. If you haven't seen that, go to the Race and RV's Facebook page, and I guess it's coming to. They were saying it would debut at the points meet at Indy here in a few weeks. Like that's worth a look. I know the craftsmanship on that car because obviously my super gas cars were Charlie Stewart machines, but the attention to detail looks really top notch as you'd expect. That's, that's what Joe Fisher rolls with. Oh yeah. It's beautiful. So Luke, let's pay some bills. We talked about K Mac. We're going to get him on here with us and we're going to have this redraft coming up here real soon, but we need to take care of a, a couple of sponsor obligations first. All right, gang, this is going to be a bit of a different advertisement. 
I just want to take a minute to talk about some of the things that we've got going on within This Is Bracket Racing Elite. As most of you have probably gathered, Elite is an exclusive membership community within which my co-instructor, Kevin Brandon, and I work to help our members become the best version of themselves that they can be on the racetrack. And we do that via regular training videos, blogs, a group-wide practice regimen with weekly challenges, live video chats, and more. Recently, we've made some additions to This Is Bracket Racing Elite in an effort to better impact our growing variety of of members. We've hosted a handful of in-depth, long-form interviews. Again, this is exclusive to our members with some of the biggest names in our industry, like John Kyle, Peter Biondo, Tommy Phillips, Jason Lynch, and most recently, Austin Williams. Within these interviews, I don't know. These these are long. They're an hour plus, and we kind of get to know these guys, try to find out a little bit about what makes them tick, and hopefully apply some bits and pieces of their approach to our own individual programs. In addition, we've recently created a subgroup of This Is Bracket Racing Elite specifically for super class racers, 890, 990, 1090 competitors. This subgroup, which is just an addition to the regular This Is Bracket Racing Elite content, includes nothing but super class specific trainings, chats, and discussion. Does that sound interesting? I guarantee you that it's better than I can make it sound here on the podcast. You can ask any of our 150 plus current members. Learn more and join by visiting thisisbracketracing.com. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. What we had alluded to for this segment of the show was our biannual. Is that right? Biannual? Is that twice a year Mm. or is that every two years? Oh, man. Yeah, me. I'm not good at math. What we'd alluded to was our <laughs> summer edition, a mid-season edition of the NHRA Pick'em, in which Jed, myself, Kevin McKenna, look back through our February draft picks, rehash, reshuffle, send some guys out on waivers, pick up some new uh, mid-season acquisitions, some free agents, if you will, in an effort to win the coveted year-end prize, of which I am the defending champion. By the way, the Sportsman Drag <laughs> Racing Podcast, NHRA Pick'em. Unfortunately, that will have to wait at least one week. Something came up with Kevin. He's obviously a much busier man than either of us, Jed. And he's unable to join yes. us this week. We can't really do this without him. So we're going to improvise in place of that. And like I say, if you are one of the three people that really like that segment, we appreciate you, first off, <laughs> and I hope that you can put that off for another week. We will have the NHRA redraft, hopefully in episode 83. But for today, in place of that, let's dig up from the archives a little bit. We haven't done this in a couple of months, but uh, let's fill in with a little bit of hashtag racing answers. Ask and you shall receive. That's right. It's hashtag racing answers. David Deming writes, As a result of my experience with Luke's Practice Tree Challenge, I would like to hear the guys' take on trans brake buttons for bottom ball bracers. Are there good options to a long throw button that still gives some adjustability without the increased chances of variation in reaction time? What button does Luke use or other Who's Hot drivers use off the bottom? 
Shout out to David Deming. Yeah, double D. Appreciate that, Dave. I love how he singled me out here, Dad. You're you're more the bottom bulb racer. Maybe Dave just knows that you're footbreaker. Yeah, I swap feed. I hadn't done uh, much with the buttons, and I'm not real experienced in a bunch of different brands. I've used the Terminator a time or two over the years, and I really like that button, whether I was hitting the top or the bottom. But if you're asking me, David, and I didn't see my name in there, so you're not really, but I would just say ask Justin Lamb. Whatever Justin Lamb's using is the uh, absolute greatest thing that's ever been known to bottom bulb button racing. But other than that, Luke, we'll let you take this one. Yeah, I'm sure it's all the button. <laughs> Justin got that special one. <laughs> Admittedly, uh, Dave, and to our listeners, I don't know that I'm the best suited to answer this question. I don't feel like I've been a particularly competitive bottom ball bracer in a couple of years. Hopefully that'll change once I get my Vega back. And when I was, I mainly foot braked myself, but have dabbled with this and do have a little bit of experience both in real time in the car and through testing on the practice tree. So I'll, I'll share what I've learned and what I think and just take that with a grain of salt like you would anything that I say for the most part. There's obviously a lot of quality buttons or at least several quality buttons available in the market at this time. Some that come to mind, the Beyondo Terminator, like you just mentioned, Jed, the Justin Time button, which is actually not a reference to Justin Lamb. I don't know if Justin uses the Justin Time button or not, but Justin Lamb's original junior dragster did say just in time on the side of it because it was just in time Um, yes that's right that's right that's right but anyway that is not uh i don't believe that justin lamb endorses the just in time button just to make that clear the apex buttons there's a company that uh, mark actually just turned us on to producer mark called duran racing products that uh, has a really slick button uh, by the looks of it called the predator all of those long throw buttons that promise to delay reaction times by, I don't know, like anywhere from like three to maybe six hundredths of a second, somewhere in that range. Personally, I've done a little bit of testing on the practice tree with the Terminator and with the Just-in-Time. I'm sorry, not with the Terminator and, yes, the Terminator and the Just-in-Time. And like in real world testing, and I wasn't trying to trust myself off the bottom on the practice tree, like I was hitting the top or doing a delay box test or whatever. And I saw great consistency basically throughout the adjustment on both of those buttons. So the reason that I didn't personally use them in the car had nothing to do with the variation reaction time from the actual mechanics of the button. Like I, Those two I can speak to personally. It's like they're consistent in basically any setting that you could put them in, at least on practice tree form. The reason that I stayed away from it, like I just never could get comfortable with that long throw and never could get a comfortable place to mount it. So, I, and personally, I've, I've not actually tested the Apex or the Duran Predator. I know that Scotty Richardson had posted a ton of videos using the Apex button. Seems like he endorsed it. And it seemed to be just as consistent as any of them in back-to-back testing. And I assume that the Duran product is the same way. I really think, and this is really, Dave and anybody that's listening, like this is kind of my take on buttons in general, whether you're top ball, bottom ball, whatever. Because I've, I've done way more testing practice tree testing than like the average human ever should with top bulb trans rate buttons to see variations and which one's quicker and which one's more consistent. And it was basically a huge waste of time. There's not much difference in any of them. And they, they all are they, particularly in terms of consistency. So it really boils down to just a matter of comfort and what are you personally comfortable with? And I think in this instance, any of the above mentioned are 
suitable as long as you can get comfortable with them. Personally, I just go back and I know this is probably like outdated. I use a Biondo product that at least to my knowledge is referred to as the Harrington switch. And I think, I assume that's named after Jim Harrington. Um, but it's a, a shorter throw button. I think it's probably got two or three inches of travel. I think they advertise it as a three hundredths delay button in real time practice on the practice tree. I've never seen much more than like two, but it's got adjustability and it does slow down the reaction time a little bit. And it's not so long that like you can't mount it on the steering wheel. Like, like I say, the super long stuff just felt uncomfortable to me and I never found a, a place to mount it where I felt like. I felt real good about it. And again, that's completely personal preference, but that's what I've always used is just the old Harrington switch. Yeah. Luke, you, you're, um, you hit right on it there. I think it's just a matter of comfort on the button. And I've used many different buttons over the years and crazy as it sounds, I've been able to maintain my average 27 thou window just about every time I go racing. So, uh, I do think it's uh, all the buttons are about the same. They're all equally bad for me. So, uh, very well said, and David, we appreciate the question. I got the fix, Big Jed. Next year, when we go to Vegas, Spring Fling Million, we sneak out one night. I think Justin usually leaves that Super Stalker sitting outside. Ah, we're going to get you that button. That's going to that's going to yeah. be the cure. And we're going to put whatever you got in Justin's car. He's going to be average. I don't want to dis- diminish your skill set. <laughs> yeah, and, no, and that's going to be you're going to be Justin Lamb. Hashtag steal Justin's button. I'm in. Hashtag just in time. Big Jed, what's on tap for the coming weekend? Oh, wait, we've got a drop for that. we got to get Amanda's sweet voice on here. Mark, insert what's on tap drop. Ow. Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's What's on Tap! All right, Luke. Got a lot of stuff on tap again. Another big weekend full of racing. Got a little bit of everything. Started out with uh, the big NHRA national event at Norwalk, home of $1 one-pound ice cream, which sounds like a wonderful place to be, the Summit Racing Equipment NHRA national event there at Norwalk. You visited Norwalk. I'm sure you've had plenty of that ice cream. I, I long to, to go anywhere where they sell you a pound of ice cream for a dollar. Big Jed, <laughs> I don't know if I should do this or not. We're a little bit short on content this week. I've got a pretty good story as it relates to dollar a pound ice cream and Summit Racing Equipment, Raceway Park. Should, should I indulge the listener a little bit? Well, but I just uh, kicked back here in my chair at the house. I'm ready to hear it, and I'm okay. sure everybody else is too. This involves a mutual friend, so you'll get a kick out of it. I was working at Huntsville Engine, so that sets the timeline, right? This is 15-plus years ago. Yeah, 2002-ish, three maybe. Yeah, three, four, right in that range, yeah. And my buddy Lucas Bendall gives me a call. Oh. Thursday, lunchtime. Hey, man, where are you racing this weekend? So I'm going to Norwalk. Norwalk, where's that? <laughs> so it's in Ohio. You, man, you're going to Ohio to go racing. Yeah, yeah. Man, and whatever they had, like it was the the ten grand nationals or something, and I think Huntsville had like two fives the same weekend. And you realize they're racing at Huntsville, and like you you live there. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Norwalk. All right, man. Well, good luck in Ohio, right? So, about mm, three o'clock that afternoon, Lucas calls. Yeah. Hey, man, when are you leaving Ohio? 
As soon as I get off work, man, about five o'clock. All right, listen, here's the deal. If you'll wait for me, I can be there about 530. I'll ride with you so that you don't fall asleep on your way to Ohio. <laughs> but I'm not checking the tires. I'm not filling your car up with gas. If something breaks, I'm not going to help you fix it. I'm going to drink beer and I'm going to watch you kick their butt. And I said, okay, well, that's, that sounds fair. I'll, I'll do that. And I get 5% of whatever you win. And I said, for what, Lucas? Like you, you're not even going to do anything. Do you want me to go with you or not? Yeah, yeah, I want you to go with me. Just for the entertainment value, right? I wanted him to come with me. So we ride to Norwalk. And my buddy Lucas, he shows up with like, I think it was a plastic bag full of clothes. (laughs) No doubt. And a case of beer. And he's drunk by the time we got to the interstate. (laughs) So it's not like he's helping to drive Norwalk either. Well, anyhow, we get there. He comes back from watching my first run or something like this. And it's 9 a.m. and he's had a couple beers. And uh, he comes back with a pound of ice cream. And I said, oh, look there, you got some ice cream. Yeah, man. I think that girl at the ice cream stand, I think she likes me. <laughs> I said, really? What, why do you, why do you, what makes you say that, man? She gave me all this ice cream. You see this big tub of ice cream? She didn't charge me but $1. <laughs> I didn't have the heart to tell him, right? I'm like, wow, that's maybe, you, maybe you're onto something there, Luke. Yeah, maybe you, you might be on it. So the day goes on. There was one point, I don't know if this is the same day or not. I might be getting them confused. At one point, he went a beer a run, and I had two cars in the 10 Grand Nationals, like 600 cars. So that caught up with him pretty quick. <laughs> At some point, he returns, you know, like late in the afternoon with another pound of ice cream and had a few, had a few. So he's, he's a little bit loose with his words, and he says, man, I might have been wrong about that girl earlier. I said, really, what makes you say, man? There's some dude over there selling ice cream now. He charged me $1 for this old pail, so I guess that's the deal. <laughs> that's Bendall. Not for killing two minutes on the podcast. <laughs> this is a great story. And for those of you that know Bendall, it's even better. It's way better than that. Yeah, I, I can. The podcast, we cannot click the explicit lyrics. We don't want to click that. There is no way that we try to make this podcast suitable for the junior dragster crowd. There's a lot of Bendall stories that I cannot share, but that one I think is clean. <laughs> All right. So outside of that, the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular at Keystone Raceway Park in Pittsburgh says uh, Mark's got in here. They're making an official decision Thursday at noon. I guess they're battling a uh, weather forecast. Yeah, there's Mark's putting the notes in. So weather forecast is uh, again Man. plaguing the, the, the event that the IHRA – Folks are trying to put on, bless their heart, they are they got a great series, but they are just getting dealt a difficult hand. So watch out for that decision if you're planning to go. I know there's a lot of pre-entries in the event, so check out check out their decision Thursday around noon, and I'm sure that'll be noon Eastern. The Price is Right event at Huntsville Dragway, Luke, got rescheduled from this weekend to next. It's a 10, 20, and 10 terrible forecast again down here in north alabama for that so they just backed it up one weekend and they'll have that next weekend at huntsville dragway uh the top et challenge which is a triple 20s that's uh tony saracini putting that race on at the rock rockingham north carolina Uh, that's no pre-entry that's enter at the gate so y'all get out to rockingham if you're out in that part of the country and race for 20k a day 
three days in a row. That looks like a great event. And our old buddy Tommy Phillips will have the Lone Star Summer Shootout, Texas Motorplex. Yeah, you talk about a race that's really grown legs. What Tommy has done with that race in that area is it's not the biggest paying event of the year, but it is without question, I think, the most prestigious race in the state of Texas, maybe in the entire south central portion of the country like everybody is going to uh the motorplex this weekend hopefully the weather cooperates i know that that mess coming up through there is kind of right on the line of coming through the dfw area at least it was last i looked at it so hopefully they can avoid that and have the race that they promised to have out there big jet i I wanted to bump in so much the price is right but the price is right is the price is not right this weekend the price is wrong bob (laughs) oh i thought you were supposed to say what he really said no, oh, no, no. That's what Bob said. <laughs> the price is. The pr- don't yeah. worry, folks. The price will be right <laughs> next week, last week of June. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all come out to that Huntsville Dragway next weekend. And uh, real quick, back to what Tommy Phillips has done. Just tons and tons of great things outside of what the winners get on the racetrack. Tommy's done a great job of getting support for the racers for giveaways and uh, things that you can earn through best losing packages and whatnot. So get out to that. Luke, I know it's not in the show notes, but uh, look like pre-entries have gone very well for the Jag Summer Door Car Shootout. Uh, looks like you're filling that boy up. We have exceeded the 200 entrant quota at this point. It's not final. We do give past entrance priority. So um, if you've been to the Jake Summer Door Car Shootout before, want to come this year, it's not sold out. I actually just put a video on our Jake Summer Door Car Shootout Facebook page detailing that because there's been a little bit of confusion, although our entry process really hasn't changed in the last three or four years. We did drop that quota this year, so more people are affected by it. So if you have any questions, want to check that out and feel free again the jegs summer door car shootout facebook page yep and the bt world foot brake challenge uh, has, has gotten a tremendous amount of support from the foot breakers that event is in two weeks uh, july the 5th through the 8th at bristol dragway we are accepting gate entries and uh, we have a large pre-entry list as well so very excited looking forward to that i want to thank everybody that's entered that and Thank everyone that's uh, planning on attending. It's going to be a great event. We look forward to hosting you uh, there right behind the July the 4th holiday in the middle of that week. Uh, And other than that, that wraps us up, Luke. uh, We apologize for the short show. We we know you listeners just love to hear us talk. And unfortunately, Kevin couldn't be on the show this week. Something came up. Those things happen in our world. And I hope Kevin gets it all worked out. We'll get him on a, a show coming up real soon we'll get that redraft done but that wraps up this episode of the sportsman drag racing podcast guys thanks to our sponsors saber performance that was a really cool uh, read this week luke that you did the uh, brandon fannin still giving that testimonial uh luke's a great guy we, we definitely want you guys to to check out saber performance and all the wonderful things they can do for you this is bracket racing elite obviously another sponsor here of the show that luke you're obviously heavily involved in you guys are doing great work a lot of good things happen at tibr elite so make sure you check out that program help uh, you get to another level in your race and operation and a shout out time I, as i know you enjoy this part of the show jed i love this part of the show but i'm beginning to have a little bit of anxiety over it like i feel like i need to one up the previous episode like i feel like i need to put more effort into the shout outs and the rest of the show but i just kind of roll with it as we go so hopefully this doesn't suck shout out mutt 
Shout out, Jeff. <laughs> Shout out to Mutt and Jeff. Shout out to yes. Mason Dixon Dragway. Shout out to Andy Dolan for dominating at Mason Dixon Dragway. This is from the Department of Corrections. Shout out to John Cera and Vince <laughs> Mussolino. I've completely fumbled that. As is par for the course, that was John Cera's race. The 75 hundos, not the 7.5 hundos. <laughs> not the 7.5 thousos. 7.5 hundos. Congrats to John. Looked like he had an excellent race out there. Sorry. Shout out, John. Shout out, Vince. Shout out to every member of the Longany family. Eddie Sr., Eddie Jr., all the Longanies. Shout out to our three favorite listeners that were really looking forward to the NHRA Pick'em. <laughs> Shout out to Justin Lamb. It's Justin Time. Shout out to Scott Lemon and the folks at Justin Time, Transbreak Buttons. I'm not affiliated with Justin Lamb. Shout out to Bloopers. I think we've got one for you at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. That one's not on Jed. That one's on me. Shout out to RJ. RJ makes it happen, man. RJ is the audio assassin behind the scenes. Mark's behind the scenes, too. They're the people that make it go here at the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Yes. Great shout out list. And um, uh, Luke, uh, whether people enjoy it or not, or whether you're trying to outdo yourself, I mean, you, you bring it every week. I want you to know. I want you to go to bed tonight confident that you produce a wonderful shout out list every week and oh man i feel so much better thank yeah, you yeah i know you needed that guys tell us what you think maybe not about this show maybe about <laughs> other shows we might not want to know what you think about this show we might have got a little loose we might have gotten a little off the rails but you know what i need to shout out to george hoff George did another interview for Kevin Pollard, and I meant to shout out to George about the race at Carolina. He saved me a parking place, got all quagged up, and I wasn't able to park in it. It wasn't his fault. It was on me, and uh, George got mad at me for like seven or eight minutes, and then he offered me ice cream. Everything was okay, so George, I love you. I appreciate you. Shout out to you. Guys, I'm just proud us. of him. He's still the official Kevin Pollard PR man. He is. He is. I love it. it. Did a great interview for Kevin when he won the 50. So, anyway, y'all tell us what you think. Message us on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. Wow, this show. This show struggled. Or you can at us on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B O G A C K I. And I am at JP11X. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, we hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you again next week. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bumping for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty, switching feet like Jerry Pennington. I was in my truck just to try my luck. And the money that I don't have, still can't get enough. We working nine and nine. All right, guys, this is going to be a bit of a different advertisement. I just wanted to take a minute to talk about how some of the... Okay, we'll try that again. (laughs) Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss or at least reference This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer, led by knowledgeable professionals. Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors, and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect. 
led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100 plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.